0: You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Hi, this is Alexa, and welcome to the book broadcast. This will be our fourth episode and third guest. It's so, it's so great to be back and be back on the air, and I'm so excited to bring in my new guest, Joe Coleman, today. I know Joe from Whip, and I figured pretty quickly that I'd like to have him on the show. He's a great storyteller, big Apocalypse fan, so I knew having him come on and talk about The Road by Cormac McCarthy would put on or put out for a great show. So, hey, Joe, do you want to go on and introduce yourself?
1: Sure, can do. Uh, hey, guys, I'm Joe Coleman. And Alexa, thanks for the introduction. Very, very happy to be here. I'm a senior here at Hillsdale College, history major, Spanish minor. And uh, we, we met on WIP doing the internship program in DC. Mm. Um, had a great time there doing that, uh, taking some Hillsdale classes. We took a, a European continental literature course. Uh, read some Shakespeare, Dostoevsky. Yeah. Uh had a great time and uh, looking forward to talking about The Road Today, Cormac McCarthy. I think it's a great book.
0: Yeah. So this has basically been a long time coming. I'm just like, hey, Joe, you want to come to the show? You want to come to the show? You want to come on the show? It's like, yes, yes, yes. And we figured pretty quickly, yeah, that the road would be a really good option. Basically anything by Cormac McCarthy, but specifically the road. So super excited to have you on the show today, Joe. I've known him for a little while now, and I'm so excited to finally integrate you into this. So now, special privilege for guests that come on the air is I'm Mm going to give Joe the opportunity to say the call letters. So Joe, bring us in.
1: Can do. Uh, You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Hi, this is Joe.
0: Let's go. Hey, he might end up stealing my job. So (laughs) I'm scared. That was a pretty good intro, I have to say. Um, So I think we should go ahead and jump into things. So as I've mentioned a couple times now, we're going to be talking about The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Um, And so Joe, I want to know what initially interested you about this book? Why did you want to come on and talk about it? And just kind of tell me a little bit about the book in general. I know you have some, some thoughts on that. So go ahead. Sure.
1: sure. So I first encountered McCarthy as an author back when I was in high school. And uh, I had been assigned it by a high school teacher, trying to teach us about some American literature, 20s, uh, 21st century, twentieth century American literature. And I fell in love with his writing style pretty much immediately. Um, at that time, like you know, like you said, I was a huge apocalypse fan. That whole story world, Walking Dead, Last of Us, you know, everything, <laughs> everything every under that umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, I found it incredibly fascinating. A book like The Road, I, I appreciated that, but I appreciate it now too. Uh, I think McCarthy is a fantastic author. And not only that, but I think uh, he's very uh, indicative and representative, let's say, of 21st century American thought expressed in literature in a similar way as to, let's say, Dostoevsky is uh, of 19th century Imperial Russia, or Shakespeare is a, of, uh, of, of, the, of the Elizabethan era mm-hmm. in England. I think McCarthy is really, really expressive about what it means to be American in the 21st century. He's, he's very on point with that. I'm looking forward to talking about some of those themes and ideas.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, totally agree. Um, And I'm in a Cormac McCarthy class right now, and I'm really enjoying it. So I'm kind of learning all of this as well. So just quick facts, you know, it was published in 2006. So it's kind of a more recent work. It won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. And The Road is kind of how most people know mccarthy like he's he's written a lot of other books and his i mean writing style has really developed through those books but this is how a lot of people know him this is how i came to know him i have to read i had to read this for class um it's a really great novel and yeah it's within that kind of post-apocalyptic type Mm -hmm. of novel but it's not like it's not like the sort of dystopian ya is what you're thinking no no (laughs) it's it's pretty different i'm going to jump in and quickly provide a quick summary and provide some of the aesthetic setup for the book So you kind of know what type of writing we're encountering. So I want to save some time, but we're going to go ahead and get into things. So I don't want to get in too deep to the summary because we're going to kind of talk about that as we go. But kind of follows um, the journey of the man and the boy. We don't ever learn their names, but there is a man and his son. And they're kind of traveling through this post-apocalyptic world. And most of the novel is them just traveling while fighting the elements. Like They run into a couple other people. Or groups of people. But it's mostly just kind of them versus nature in a lot of different aspects. Um, And then trying to preserve their mental and spiritual well-being while doing so. They run into raiders and thieves who attempt to steal things from them and kill them. So it is very much a journey of survival with the question of to what end and why kind of lurking in the background. Um, Because we don't actually know what caused the apocalypse. Like you have signs like they're wearing masks and there's ashes everywhere. But you don't actually know what caused it. You kind of just have to accept it and move on, which is something we kind of talk Mm. about in class. It's like there's this big event that happened, and it doesn't really matter what caused it, but it is here, and we have to encounter it. And so the actual writing style takes on a couple different forms. So in the road, we see a very Hemingway-esque sort of approach, which is kind of consistent throughout Mm. his writing, where details will kind of be spared when it comes to the dialogue, but not the landscape. So, the, so we have like so much detail devoted to thunderstorms and snowstorms and building contraptions and machines and all this sort of all these sorts of things, but we don't get very much insight into the actual minds of the characters. Except sometimes we get some really beautiful passages into the man, into the mind of the man, but not so much the boy. So we see them, you know, sewing stitches, creating drinking water, manipulating various machines, but not these long metaphysical passages about da 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 da. Typically. Sure. Um, so this is a this is novel about a journey in many senses, and the boy and the man are basically trying to go south. That's kind of like where they're headed. But it's also like a journey of the mind, body, heart, soul, spirit, etc., cetera, um, and how they respond to the horrors of the post-apocalyptic world. So that's kind of like a general rundown of the writing that we encounter and the story in that of itself. So I don't know, Joe, do you have anything to add before we get into the nitty gritty details? I think
1: the only thing I would add is uh, with McCarthy and this book in particular, it's, uh, there's lots of repetition going on. Um, yes. I, I couldn't tell you how many times in the book we're reading about them looking for food or water or shelter or <laughs> sources of fire. Mm-hmm. But yet yeah, it, it still manages to keep you hooked. And it's the kind of book you can sit down and fly through very quickly just because of how engaging it is.
0: Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's interesting because like this, this book that's so grounded in the material has such religious and prophetic language. Mm. Like as you're reading, like the mysticality of it, you can really see Melville jump out with that aspect as well. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and get into the book itself. So something we're introduced to pretty early on is the idea of the fire. And you know, the boy and the man, they're fighting the elements and they're hiding from people and they're trying to survive. And the, and the boy is like, why? And the man's like, because we, because we have the fire. So I don't know, do you have any thoughts on that? What does it mean to have the fire? What is this justification for survival is because we have the fire? And they also mentioned that they're the good guys. Like what exactly does that kinda right. mean to you, Joe?
1: Yeah. So in, in the text, uh, there's several occasions where the boy, the father, they reference the fire as if this is some term that they've already uh, establish its definition, and it's it's not necessarily apparent to the reader right away as to what what it means. Um, it could mean survival, uh, but then you learn pretty quickly. Not everybody carries the fire. They like Alexa said. They encounter raiders. They encounter murderers. They very very seriously terrifying and dangerous people. They don't carry the fire. Um, that's 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 something that's clarified for us. You know, the, here here's an instance where they're in a dangerous situation and uh, the boy asks his father, are we going to be okay? father says, yes. Nothing's bad gonna, is going to happen to us, the boy says. That's right, because we're carrying the fire. What, what might that mean? To me, the fire is, is morality. It's humanity. It is the sense that exists between the boy and the man that um, there's something more in life than just surviving, which is not evident, at least to them. Uh, I mean, you, you look at the world around them and it's, It's destroyed. It's gone. It's decayed. Uh, Yet the entire book, they are trying to establish, okay, why are we living? What are we doing? What is the purpose? What is the point? And there are several people, several characters in the text who ask that question, and their answer is, there is no point. Mm -hmm. And they end their lives, or they um, devolve into some animalistic state. Um, The boy and the man are different. And although they're struggling to find the answer to that question, mm-hmm. um, they haven't given up. And I think that's, that's the main motivation behind the text is this constant attempt to identify why do we need to live.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's so true. And it can be hard to distinguish that with <laughs> all the horrible things going on.
1: You're listening to The Book Broadcast with Alexa Robbins on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.
0: You're listening to The Book Broadcast on 101.7 FM bringing you guys back to this conversation about Cormac McCarthy's The Road. We just discussed kind of what, the, what it means to have the fire as it's described in the book and what it means to be the good guys in this search for morality and all this suffering and destruction, this point for living. And so I think the question of inheritance plays a big role mm. in this text because it's like, what world is the boy even inheriting? Why, why go on to live?
1: Uh, what's interesting about the text is it is revealed to us that there's not much, um, as you established earlier, hmm. not much background knowledge. We don't know how this apocalypse started, yeah. how it happened. It seems like it might be a nuclear holocaust. We're really not sure. But we do know the boy was born after the apocalypse began. The wife was pregnant when it did begin. Yeah. The only world he's ever known is th- this apocalypse. And we're talking about inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what is he inheriting from, let's say, his father, right? Mm-hmm. Uh there, there is this sense of morality that I think the father is trying to preserve. Yeah. But to him, the father, there is an incredible disharmony between a need for mor- morality mm-hmm. and a need for survival. And when they encounter situations to where perhaps um, they can meet new people, incorporate other people, maybe even discover other people that do carry this fire, the father denies those opportunities for the sake of his own self, self-preservation and the preservation of his son. Mm-hmm. I think, and we can get into this later as we talk about the ending of the text. yeah, I think the son uh, he he's different from his father in the sense that mm-hmm. he's been able to find and establish what morality means in this world that no longer resembles anything we've ever known, mm-hmm. um, which perhaps is indicative of maybe this is an innate part of human nature, of you know who we are as humans uh, but I, I'm sure we can talk more about that later.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's a good segue into kind of like the next section. So the, like the boy and the man are different, and we have to recognize that. And the, the boy has a sort of inherent compassion that we see comes out like on page where we meet the old man, mm. Eli or Ellie, however we say. Sure. Um, and I want to get a little bit more into that because we see this, Oh, if we had more time, we could also talk about the little boy. They run into a little boy on the Mm -hmm. road and the main little boy sees him and wants to bring him along. And throughout the rest of the novel, he's like, dad, or mm, yeah, like, why can't we bring him along? He's probably lost. He's hurt. We see this just compassion and love for the people around him. But even for this old kind of grubby, decaying man that they run into the road, the boy is so Mm. invested in and giving him food. Even though this old man is like not interested in them at all, doesn't really see any point in showing compassion, living so awfully, um, the boy feels this kind of incentive to take care of him. And the mans you see the man kind of responding to that because his main goal is like self-preservation. But the boy mm-hmm. is like, no, we need to take care of this man. And I don't know if you want to provide some thoughts on that because there's a lot sure. of interesting stuff sure. going on.
1: So this is the only named character in the whole text. Yeah. Let's, let's just say Eli, Yeah. right? what's interesting is that's not even his real name right it's, they're having a conversation with eli mm-hmm. and the 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 man just asks him is your name really eli and he says no what's very interesting about eli as a character mm-hmm. is he possesses no qualities not even his own name that are um that are true that are human mm-hmm. uh he is as i had described earlier one of those who has given up on the question of what do we do in this world with our morality, with our humanity, and has forsaken that and become an animal. He has an, an animal with speech, but an animal. Um, he's, uh, I mean, there's more details. He is atheistic. Mm-hmm. Um, he has uh, abandoned any sense of compassion. He's not willing to communicate to the boy any gratitude for them essentially saving him, giving yeah. him food, shelter. Right. Um, this is what I think this is an example of what the man could have become without the boy. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. The, and in fact, the man establishes pretty early on in the text. Um, he says, quote, that the boy was all that stood between him and death. Eli as a character represents death. It represents the end of the world. It represents the death of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that the boy is there to represent some sort of, let's say inheritance, um, that's what gives the man purpose. That's what allows him to go on and continue. And even when, spoiler alert, the man does die, ah! <laughs> um, even at that point, I think he has an assurance that the boy's going to live on. And not only that, he's going to live on correctly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that was a really good way to put it. And um, I think that, or something that we'd mentioned in class before is that people want to, or, you know, are, First instinct is to read this and be like, it's a very nihilistic text, but it's, text, mm. but it's actually not. No. Like, this is, this is providing sort of hope. And even in the Eli scene, too, like you see the boy's compassion, something else that was always very intriguing to me was the fact that Eli didn't want to use his real name. And he said something along the lines of, like, I don't want people to be able to talk about me, like, actually. I don't mm. want people to actually be able to refer to me. And it's like, who's going to be talking to him? He is on the brink of death and still he is afraid to give away his true name. He won't, like still name and identity right. mean something to someone who has given up everything. So there's something tied to identity and living and surviving and being known by other people that is recognized even in this decrepit character who it's like, we reject this sort of life field, but still there's this tiny inkling, this, this desire to survive and be known that still exists in him. Mm-hmm. And so as we move into kind of wrapping things up, I think we have to kind of approach these questions of, are the boy and the man successful? Like, And, and, the, and the father also, um, in terms of success, was supposed to, if he dies, shoot the son, but he doesn't. Right. And so why doesn't he shoot the son? How, what do we make of this ending? What do we make of the journey? Oh, and like what do we make of kind of like the horrible things that the sun has seen? I don't know we're mm-hmm. just kind of like thinking about all these old things, but I guess the main question are the boy and the man successful? If what does that question even mean? Is that relevant? What do sure. you think?
1: Do you think we should try to answer on that right now?
0: Yeah, we can go ahead. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think, yes, I think they are successful. And if the, if the you know, metric of success is, um, have they won this battle of establishing this balance between morality and survival, I think yes, I think they've done that. Um, with well, a character like Eli, as I had mentioned, he's he's representative of the side of the father who is um, who is seeking self-preservation, right over over any attempt to reconcile with other men, with finding those who carry the fire, that sense of morality. The father, I guess we could say, as an individual. Uh, He fails to, at the end of his life, find that sort of uh, willingness to seek those people out. But he knows, I believe, that that willingness is going to carry on into his son. Uh, You had mentioned the scene where they encounter the little boy, Mm. um, which is, uh, yeah, it, it, it it sticks with the boy, that secondary character, throughout the rest of the text, that's for sure. They talk about the little boy um, as the father's dying. Uh, he's wrapped up in blankets. He's, he's not getting up again. And um, the boy brings up the little boy back to his father. He says, Father, do you remember that little boy? They have a conversation about him. And the boy character says, do you think he was lost? And the father says, no, I don't think he was lost. The boy says, I'm scared that he was lost. The father says, I think he's all right. The the boy says, but who will find him if he's lost? Who will find the little boy? And the father says, goodness will find the little boy. It always has. It will again. And that may have been a little confusing because I said the boy and the little boy many (laughs) times, and it might be hard to delineate, but that's the whole point. We're not supposed to delineate. They're the same person, at least in the context of what I just said. Um, The father is is secure and content in knowing that goodness will find the boy. Goodness will find his son because... uh, his son is, is willing to take those risks to find the goodness in other people. And uh, that, I think, is, is what identifies their success, their victory, let's say. Um, despite this world, how dark and bitter and decaying and dangerous it is, the son is finding a way to live. And like I said, to live correctly within it.
0: Right, yeah, I think that was great. I. Honestly, I feel so prepared for class now. It's like, <laughs> wow, this is great. That's so true. And I'm still kind of recognizing things now. But the sun provides this sort of hope um, mm-hmm. that is like exists, like exists throughout the entire journey. Um, And you can see also the father fighting for him and the love he shows, like the the desire to be able or to be able to desire to even sacrifice for someone, you know, there is goodness in that and then to want to push his son to move on. And, you know, by allowing his son to live and choosing not to kill him, to let his son enter this world of horror, like knowing the beauty that he will bring to it, he kind of denies also the wife's. Sort of mm. idea of just kill yourself, <laughs> just just die. Yeah. She just takes herself out, and, and that sort of thing. She kind of he, you know, denies that thesis, and then says like it's it's worth going to live on. And then the sun, even in this world that I don't know what's going to happen. And then you see the sun collected by these people. But exactly, um, yeah. I guess. Is there anything else you want to add before well, we wrap up?
1: Just just to that point yeah. is that McCarthy even does allow for us to to see that the son is in fact victorious. Mm-hmm. As soon as the father dies, he encounters people who as the son asks and the people confirm they carry the fire right he's successful which he is wins.
0: unique for mccarthy
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. no and and it, as you had said this is not a nihilistic book mm-hmm. it is it's recognizing that there is something about human morality that is innate and then that's not going to go away no matter how depraved this world
0: becomes yeah definitely yeah yeah it's such a good book and um it's very interesting to see, like like I kind of just threw in there, is like the way it ends kind of positively. Because mm-hmm. uh, as someone who has been reading McCarthy, you know, he is not afraid to leave it in a very destructive place. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's like even if it did end terribly, it wouldn't be in the sense of like, oh, the purposes of the whole thing was suffering and nothing. No, the purpose is this sort of meaningfulness. And so it's a great book. It and is. 10 out of 10 recommend reading it. <laughs> um, the language is beautiful. Right. Um, So I think, but I think this was a really good choice for us to be able to talk about. All right. I think we are basically out of time, um, but this was a blast. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Joe. You Mm -hmm. were great. All your insight was amazing. I've had so much fun developing this show with you too. So it's great that we could finally get to this point because it's been a long time coming. So.
1: Oh, of course. It's been wonderful being on the show and uh, maybe we'll do it again someday.
0: Yeah. Hey, you never know. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You're listening to The Book Broadcast on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thanks. Tune in next time.